Okay. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning out there. To our friends, I was just talking to our special guest who I'm going to introduce to you shortly and getting a pronunciation on her name, and she was so faithful. She was on, and I'm running around like I do on Saturdays. I'm, I'm, I usually find that if I promote a show right before the show, it helps, and then I do it after the show finishes. I'll also promote the show, but um, and we have ongoing promotions for off the shelf for those who are on Twitter who see them. But um, I was running around, so I saw her on because I had my studio screen up. And I just said, oh, my goodness, 30 seconds to go. So I'm excited to introduce to you our guest and for all of our listeners who've been tuning in for well over 12 years. And for those who are new, welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf. And, yes, you are listening to the winning book radio show again here Off the Shelf. We've had some phenomenal writers and guests on, New York Times bestselling authors, people who come on International television shows, multi-millionaire business owners have been on here, and we have another awesome deck, uh, uh, another awesome guest on deck for you here on this Saturday morning. And I also want to welcome everybody to July. So this is our first time ever seeing July first, twenty seventeen. We've seen other July first, but not this one before. And I, I hope that. What you hear during this show, especially if you're having any struggles that the author addresses in her book, which we'll tell you about later, that you can get some clearance today and go out and make this a marvelous day. Some of us let ourselves get bound through the beliefs that we have. Uh, before I go on, I'd like to drop a, a, a quote in at the start of the show, but I, I saw something today when I was promoting the show on Google+. Plus this morning, and it said that pain is really in the mind. We think it's in our body. We think my knee hurts or my hip hurts, but the mind actually interprets the signal from the body, and it tells us your knee's hurting. So we it's, it's something that goes on in the mind, and it's a beautiful thing as we learn more and more about how our minds work. Old things we accepted as true, we might find are no longer true. Uh, but this is a quote I wanted to leave with you, or were never true, I should say. This is a quote I wanted to leave with you. Failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. And that's from Og Mandino. Failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. And that's another thing I want you to think about, especially as it connects to today's show. So again, I want to welcome all of you, and I want to ask you a question that I I start this show asking you: How good of a mystery sleuth are you? And some people are really good at figuring out mysteries. Some the author needs to tell them this is this is who done it. This will happen. And then also, I wanted to ask you: How important are relationships to you? Uh, parental relationships, a parent and a child. Uh, um, an intimate soulmate relationship, which is coming up on this show today, and also relationships with friends. If you value relationships and you see how relationships, they shape us, they influence us. If you've ever had problems with somebody on your job or you felt very supported by somebody on your job, you can see how relationships really, really, really shape us. If somebody steps out of your life and you feel a void, (laughs) <laughs> or you struggle to deal with that, again, relationships, if you value that, if you appreciate that, you may love Love Pour Over Me. And you can get a copy of Love Pour Over Me in ebook or print format. It's at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ebook it. You, anywhere books are sold, if you don't see it on the shelf, all you have to do is go up to the cl- uh, clerk and tell them, say, I want to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney, and they can order a copy for you, and they'll just call you when it comes in. But you can also just click over and get an ebook co- copy of Love Pour Over Me and start enjoying it today. So if you do get a copy, please, please hit me up and let me know how you enjoyed Love Pour Over Me. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest, 
And our special shelf, the uh, off the shelf guest this morning, kicking off July 2017 for us, is I hope I say this right, the Adrian Pickett. And I hope yes, you correct me when she when the, the Adrian. Yes. My yes, sister's yes, name yes. is Adrian, but she spells it different. But the Adrian is the founder of Reinventing Yourself Consultation. And my life matters, and yes, your life matters. And she is a coach, a mentor, and a counselor. And the Adrian is also the author of the book Single But Not Alone. And this is something that holds so many people back. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 I'll share a quick story with you before the Adrian comes on. I, I visited a church. This was years ago when I was still living in Pennsylvania. And a woman was married, and she said, she felt so depressed. She actually thought about taking her life. So this is how many people walking around like that. So single but not alone, this is a very, very important topic that might be impacting people. We don't even know that it's impacting them this deeply. You can find the Adrian online at R I R as in road, I Y as in you, R I Y consultation, spelled exactly the way it sounds, so that's R I Y C O N S U L T A T I O N. And I'll do spell it again. R I Y C O N S U L T A T I O N dot com. R I Y consultation dot com. And you can bookmark it and check her out online even as you listen to her. Share her some of her wisdom with us. On off the shelf this morning. Welcome to off the shelf, dear Adrian. Hi, thank you. It, it's it a is, pleasure. It is a pleasure to have you. I'm so excited. I'm super a, excited. I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's going to be a great show. It always goes by fast, and I never get to all the questions. I'll tell you that up front. It's just a pleasure to have you here with us on off the shelf this morning. And the, uh, the first few questions I'm going to ask you, I ask all our guests uh, I, because I want our listeners to get a little backstory on the guests before we just launch into talking about their books. So before we go into the questions about your your book, can you tell our off the shelf listeners, the Adrian, where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Well, I uh, grew up in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, my mom was a single parent, and um, we grew up in in, um, in Rio Road. It's just like a private. Uh, uh, I want I don't want to say poverty, but you know, like like the housing, um, mm-hmm. low income housing. I'm sorry, low income housing. Um, a lot of times growing up, um, I didn't fit in and I didn't measure up, and I always been called dumb, stupid, lazy. And then there was some physical stuff going on, too. Um, so it, it was a journey, you know. But my environment didn't keep me there. Ah, okay. So you grew up in Lansing, Michigan. And I like yeah. myself, I know I grew up in, in the projects. I don't know if that's when you say low-income housing, if that's what you were referring yeah. to. <laughs> but look... <laughs> You 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 did the you did the quote failure failure not the word failure but you could say a challenging start will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough so you got you got that far so congratulations to you on that and I'm sure you picked up a lot of lessons along the way that you can share with others to help them so what did you dream to Adrian of becoming when you were a kid. Well, I thought I was going to be a singer, an actress, and a dancer. I love to sing, I love to dance, and I love to act when I was little. And so I that's what I assumed I was going to do. You know, just like a everybody singer. else. I'm sorry. I said just no, like everybody else, you know, all the famous people and what they're really doing. And, and most of them were singers, actors. Those those mentors and stuff that you had was that's what they was doing. So you you kind of say I'm going to be a singer, I'm going to be a dancer, you know, too. Okay. Who were some of your favorites? Who were some of your favorite entertainers when you were a kid? 
Um, my mom was a person who was like blues and old school, so I, I listened to a lot of blues oh. and old school when I was growing up. I love jazz. Um, that Anita Baker, you know, that the old okay. school stuff is rock your boat. <laughs> oh, okay. I was Girl, surprising, Angela. I thought you were going to say Michael Jackson, Bobby Brown. <laughs> I mean, I like to but, you know, sometimes it was, uh, I don't know why, you know, that no pain and no gain, those stuff that get on the inside of that people don't really know about. <laughs> okay. You, uh, okay. That resonate with the most. But, you know, right. now, how old were you? Mary J. Blige, but that oh. was one of my biggest, my teen years. I loved her. Yeah, she her songs were very very. She does write very personal stuff. How old were you, the Adrian, when you knew that you wanted to be a coach and a mentor? Well, you know what? Um, it wasn't until old, um, I'm older that it really just came into fruition because I was always talking to people. People always stopped me. But when I was 15, I had a school counselor had me write a 10 year plan. And mm-hmm. there was, um, it was just a really simple plan. But then she had me do an aptitude test. And she said, you're going to be a good counselor when you grow up. And I wasn't trying to hear that. Like, I ain't going to be no counselor. I ain't know where she was coming. But she but she planted that seed. But, you know, I always talk to people. People always come to me and ask me for advice. And, you know, my kids growing up, they, like, hate going to the store with me because they say I always make friends. I'm always talking to somebody. <laughs> so it seemed like it just came almost organically, and then too, like you said, when your your teacher asked you to do uh, a ten year plan, that's, I've never heard of a a counselor or a teacher doing that. That's pretty amazing. I guess they're trying to get you to start taking those steps to to um, make sure you you reach your goal. We of course. It's God's plan. We know that it's going to work. That's what we're supposed to ultimately go after. So that's how you got started with the sort of the counseling. It seems like it was organic for you that people always talk to you, and that's a compliment because that means they trust you, and they're picking up something in you that makes them feel like they can trust you. But who you wrote, you've written a book, which we're going to discuss coming up soon here on Off the Shelf. So who or what inspired you to Adrian? to pursue writing, because you could have just done coaching where you did, you know, in-person counseling sessions with people, but what inspired you to write a book? Well, when I, uh, the book started in 2006, after I finished um, Bible school, um, I I was writing on my spiritual journey, because I always um, wrote, I always had people in my life that that told us to journal, write down stuff. And so I have, like, years and years of journal, but then there was time where I was so busy I never really journaled. So I got years that I haven't written down. But when I finished school, this was more of my spiritual journey. I just wanted to document for myself my spiritual journey. But then last year um, I was off of work, and, you know, I finished my um, second master's degree, and – I felt like God was telling me to write down the practical side because we can have a spiritual journey and we can believe certain things, but there's work that we need to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like God was telling me to pick it back up. I was, it was a 10-year. It was just something I just I wrote down, but I picked back up 10 years later and finished um, the project that God had. Wow. Oh, So a lot of life came in. I'm just curious. I don't know why this question popped into my head. Maybe it will be beneficial for one of our off-the-shelf listeners. What what caused the delay? You started the book in 26, 2006, 11 years ago. What made you put it down? What, you know what? what I, I, I was asking myself that same question, too. And, and the only thing that I can really come up with, it, there was a piece of the puzzle missing because that was more of my spiritual journey uh, being single and alone and feeling like no one was there and cared for me. But I had went to school, you know, I finished my degrees after that. I had bachelor's in, I went through my bachelor's in social work, and then I did my a master's in business, and then I turned around and did my uh, master's in counseling. 
So the piece was I can have a spiritual journey all day long, but there's work we need to do. And so I had to learn the work part. You you said that twice, so so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay attention to each time you say that. Um, now do do I want to ask you this, the agent, because some of us and, and then we're all on a journey, and I think some of us, are, some people I've observed, they want somebody else to almost live their life for them, and it could be that's when we blame other people and. Some of us, if you could, if we could get away with sitting in front of the TV all day and just snacking or eating, there are people I think who would spend their whole life doing that, and then getting them going to the mall every now and then, and that's it. They that that's it. It's almost like they don't realize their life has a mission or or a a purpose. So, and then some of us, as your book uh, addresses. We're waiting on a special person to come along, and then, then we're going to start to live our life. But I, I believe when the Lord gives us life, that's when you're supposed to start, start, yeah. start using it. So when you, if you when you look at somebody who says, "I'm waiting for this special person," or "I'm waiting for," I want somebody else to live my life. And if I don't like how it turns out, I'll just blame them. I'll blame my parents. I'll blame these people because it's not my job to live my life. Some of us really seem like we think that way. And then there are other people on a journey. There, I made mistakes. I'm not there yet. I'm feeling stuck. I don't know which way to turn. So I'm going to get still, get quiet, meditate, go to the Word, whatever. I'm responsible for my life. And they may be in a different spot. But there's so many of us who don't feel like we had a power to live our own life. So I want to ask you this. Based on your experience, is it true, the agent? Is it really, really true? Do we really hold the key to our future? Or do external experiences in our childhood, does our childhood determine our future? And why do you say this? Okay, I'm, I'm going to just discuss in the book, if you don't mind. Um, when you, the book, it says single but not alone. But I do have some sessions in there speaking solely towards single and being in relationships and this and another. But it, singleness is a mindset. Because even when I was married, I felt single and alone, like no one cared. When I had children, no one cared. But this is our single journey. We have people around us, but we have a single journey. And in the book I talk about we have to step up and take a responsibility for the part we play in our journey. It's nobody. There's things that happen to us and there's, um, that's within and without our power control. But even in the things that are outside our power control, we get to determine how it plays out. We get to step up and say, am I going to react or respond? This is about learning how to take responsibility for the part you play and say that I matter just as much as everybody else, and I'm stepping up. Wow. This is my Oh, my goodness. No. I get to decide. Wow. So you you, you, you're you're telling us, and I'm trying to speak for listeners, people on different parts of the journey, and then I think back over my own life as well, and when I was in as far along in my journey as I am now, are you telling me, again, I'm asking questions as if I'm speaking from a different perspective, mm-hmm. uh, are you telling me that if I had a horrible childhood to Adrian, that it can't keep me from a great future? No, those are stepping stones. And I, I address facing the good, bad, and the ugly. There's some people that, that spoke negative over your life, the people that you're supposed to trust the most, the people that are supposed to love you the most, they hurt you. But you know what? They they hurt you because they're going off their pain. I said, I wish I knew back then that somebody would have told me people can only give you what they have. So as parents, mm. come with manuals. My mom didn't come with a manual. She was functioning in her journey the best that she knew how. 
And so that's the way that she thought that was how her journey was supposed to be. I don't agree with the actions behind it, but more I learned her story, I kind of understood her. And I understand she only could give and do what she did. Because I grew up, you know, we we got whoopings. (laughs) My um, My mom didn't let other people you know, discipline us and this and another, but she did a darn good job of herself, <laughs> you know. I don't agree how she did it, but she did what she knew. And so as growing up, I didn't like that. And I said that I did not want to do that when I had my children. But in essence, becoming my mom, I became my mom without realizing. But then when God got a hold of my heart said, you know what, baby, back down, stop. That's not right. It softened my heart, and I had to purposely learn something different. I took classes to learn something different because if you don't take time to learn something different, you will keep doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result, but you won't get it because you didn't take the time to find out and figure out for yourself. People can do stuff to you, but you get to determine how it will play out in your life. Wow. Can you give us a brief synopsis before we go into uh, more detail uh, on Single But Not Alone? Just give our listeners a brief overview. Is this a novel? Is it nonfiction? What are some of the – you've told us a few of the topics you address in the book, but if you could just give us a brief synopsis of Single But Not Alone. Well, it's about your personal journey, stepping up and knowing – who you are, what you want, and taking responsibility for the part you play. Uh, Like you said, you know, we can follow people and say, oh, they did it, but no, you said yes to the mess. So it's not for you to say, okay, let me clean up my mess. Let me know that I'm valuable just as much as everybody else. People that I fight for, I should fight for myself because I have dreams and I have visions. Just like everybody else, take yourself, take yourself off the back burner and say, I'm choosing to live on purpose, and I'm choosing to work on the things that I don't like in my life to get the life that I was created for. Wow. So, so single but not alone, I, I'm curious, uh, what you said it was some experiences that you had personally. What specifically inspired you? to write this this particular book. And is this your first well, book? Yeah, well, I have the two. I have the single but not alone, then I got the affirmation journey. Both of them came out at the same. They're not both of them together, but it just complement each other. And it, it's okay. like the book um, just helping us think through the process of the choices that we make or what we allow to happen or when other people do something, it makes you think a little bit deeper. So there's a lot of think tank moments in there. I ask you questions. Like, I want you to learn how to think for yourself because this is your journey. See, my journey is different than yours. I can give you examples of my life, but how is it going to apply to your life? Yes. Okay. So tell tell me again, when I when I'm thinking single but not alone, the first thing I'm thinking is, uh, somebody who's not in a doesn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or not married. You said it's like a mindset. Tell, can you explain again when you say singleness is a mindset? What exactly? What do you mean by that? And is this also, as you alluded to earlier, could you be in a relationship and still have this mindset? Yes, I was married and I still felt like I was alone. I was single. <laughs> I feel like you can be around a whole bunch of people, but it's about how you feel. It's your mindset. It's like, um, like I said, when I grew up, you know, I felt like no one cared, no one loved me, you know. But, but there was people that was there. There was people that did. But that was my feeling. That's how I took it. Even when I was, ch- I had children. I had children, but I still felt like alone. That I didn't have the support that I needed to get to where I need to go. So it's a mindset how we do it. And, you know, everybody always say, I'm not single. and But single is, is, is not just being single. My thing is you still have a single journey. 
No one can live your life but you. You may be in a relationship, but there's some things you need to do for yourself to become who you was created to be. And, and that is that is so true. And I think you hear uh, in psych, I majored in psychology, but you hear psychotherapists say some people get so immersed. Like I, like I was saying, some people say they're not going to almost live their life until this, their soulmate or this special person shows up. There are no special people. There, this this it's almost if you when you wait for a special person to show up, you're asking too much of that person. It's unfair. You're you're literally saying to them, take all my stuff and you fix it. It's it's that it's really an unfair uh, request of another human being to say to them, be my soulmate and make me make my whole life change as soon as you walk into it. That is un that's an unfair request. I think to yeah. make that of someone, and then when you see that they're not able to do it, you get upset with the person. You just made a very unfair, a very selfish, unfair request. You didn't even ask yourself to do what you're asking. You didn't ask yourself to do for you what you're asking this other person to do for you. And I and I, and that I think uh, is unfair. So the singleness. I'm just trying to get clarity around it. Is that singleness? I know you said we all have a single journey. Is that singleness, I feel like I don't have anybody to help me? Is that what that is? Yeah. But, you know, you have said something that people are waiting for other people to show up. You are who you need to show up. If you don't fight for you, you have no one else. I tell people all the time, if everybody in the world go away, when if you give up on you, you have no place else. You need to learn how to love yourself, stand up for yourself, fight for yourself, because that's when the other people will know your worth, your value, because you believe enough in yourself to say, you know what, this is what works for me. But thank you for playing. you got to show up for yourself. You can't wait on somebody else. This is your life. You get to determine how it's going to be lived. Yes, yes. Oh, that is so powerful. I hope the right people <laughs> hear, hear this because some people, like I say, could be in bondage, and just hearing this could help to, to, to set them free. Can you tell us about specific topics that are covered in Single But Not Alone? And do you share your own personal journey in the book? I, I share many personal <laughs> journeys in the book. and There's a lot that... Um, stand out to me but um i have i had a friend that passed away uh from cancer and there's a subject in there um about the dream and when i at the towards the end of her life when i went to go visit her she always you know she used to always speak life into me and say i was in a marriage and let me let me backtrack that um that she was like he don't deserve you this that and another you know, we was on two different playing fields. And she did not, you know, mix words of how she felt. <laughs> and then even once I got divorced, I was still just as much for him on my side for him than he was for me. I still made sure he was um, had stuff and this and another. But um, when she died, the watching her fight woke up the fighter in me. Said, "No, wait, hold on. I deserve better than this." Even I talk about you know true treasures um, in there. You know there was a time in my life that you know because of our perception of how we grow up, you know we think differently. And um, there was a guy that was always coming around and said, "Can you cook for me and do this?" But you know, because of my mindset, I didn't see that he was actually trying to talk to me. You know what I mean? I just say, oh, he just want me barefoot. And then the thing, nope, he just wants something. But because I didn't see the treasure in myself, I didn't see see myself as deemed unworthy, I couldn't recognize the good man. I couldn't recognize what God was giving me because I didn't realize I was a good thing. And then somebody said, well, do you miss out? I said, no, I don't feel like I missed out um, on men because I, I feel like if that was the person for me, God would have had him touch me in a, 
a way that I could understand. But it, it's a, it was a learning lesson until I believe the best in myself and see myself as worthy. It doesn't matter what anybody else mm-hmm. say. I'm going to constantly attract those things that I do not want because I'm attracted to the, the vision that that's in my mind. And because I didn't know, I dated, all I really dated was drug dealers and murderers. When a good man came along, I could not recognize him because I didn't see myself as a good thing. Okay, okay, I'm I'm following you. I'm following you. So this this is, and I hope you get out and do some speaking and get in front of people who, uh, especially teen young young teen girls who need because you can save them years and years of heartache. Adrian, what advice can you share with someone? I've heard people say this. I want to have a baby because I want somebody in my life who I will know always loves me. And not knowing that a child needs so much emotional, psychological, physical, financial support that that is like you can't use a kid for that. But I've heard people say that. What advice can you can you share with someone who wants to get married or have children to avoid feeling alone or so that they can feel loved? I tell them love starts within yourself first. Because if you don't love yourself, it don't matter who you connect with, they're going to feed off that thing and they're going to treat you like he treats you. And if you don't know how to treat yourself, guess what? They're going to treat you the same kind of way. Kids, um, a spouse, no matter where you act in life. But you know what? Until you learn how to love yourself, you cannot even love anybody else. I, I think about the scripture that says that God said, love yourself. Uh, love your neighbors as yourself, and you always running around and doing everything for your your neighbors, but you're not loving yourself. Are you really doing the word? Wow. You stepping up and loving you first, knowing what you want out of life, knowing who you are, so you can attract what's supposed to good stuff that's supposed to be in your life. Instead of always fighting the negative, God desires you to have the best, not the rest. He say, "I, you, you deserve best because you're my child. So, but it starts with you, you knowing who you are and that you're valuable and priceless enough to have the life that you were created for, not the life that somebody just wants to give you. So I'm like, you should be happy I'm here. No, you should be happy I'm here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the Adrian. I was listening here in Atlanta. They talk. The, uh, I'm thinking about something I saw on TV. The numbers of teens and children who are homeless. I'm thinking about people. I adopted Dwayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer popped in my mind. He was grew up in an orphanage in his early years, and I think that's what set him on his quest. But everybody doesn't go down. Some people go down a very sad, destructive path because they don't feel like they're they're anything. So this message. Is like you gotta get this message out there. Uh, can you share with us what it's like uh, when 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 somebody get can some early elementary steps? I'm thinking of people who feeling maybe defeated, and they may or may not listen to today's show. They might not be on online radio, but maybe somebody will share the show with them, and I hope they do. Or or they'll hear you somewhere. Somebody who feels like there's just no hope. They're just going to try to just get through. If they can drag themselves through their life and just laugh sometimes. There are a lot of people, I think, in that mode. What are some early elementary steps that a person can take to start to awaken, to start to really see what they were created to be? Some real early steps. Now, when... Okay, so I have a reinvent yourself class where I go over the six stages of change, and the very first one um, is like pre-contemplation, uh, where you thinking about change or somebody telling you that there's something wrong or you know you it's something going on that you realize that or not even realizing that something wrong, but um, other people may see it but you don't. But until you realize it for yourself, it doesn't really matter. 
So you have to take a good look at yourself and locate where you are. Say, am, am I in a place that I want to be right now? Um, and that's the hard question, and learn how to face your good, your bad, and the ugly. Because, you know, we can look at our good all the time, but you know what? Our bad and ugly still play a part of our journey. And we have to become real with ourselves and say, you know what? There's some things that I need to change about myself. So it's going to be hard and it's going to be work, but I'm worth fighting for. I can do this. And so the early steps is you really taking responsibility for, for the part that you play in your journey. It's not always somebody else's fault. Yes, they may have started it, but you get to tell them how it's going to be finished. So those one thing is you need to start figuring out where am I really. You need to be real with yourself before you can even be real with other people. Do you understand? Did that make sense? Okay. So, so let's say I'm in a place. I've never heard anything like what we're talking about before. All I've heard mm-hmm. is people cursing me, calling me bad names, laughing at me, criticizing me, and I'm. It's really tough. Just just getting through and maybe I'm starting to act out in some in some negative ways. It would what we're talking about now wouldn't even begin to reach me. What would you what would you say to somebody um when they're that that um they're feeling that defeated and like nothing matters. It doesn't matter if I do home invasions because my life ain't gonna turn out to be nothing anyway. It's not gonna matter if I pull a gun on somebody, my life ain't going to turn out to be nothing. Anyway, it's not going to matter if I get in a relationship with domestic abuse or whatever. My life ain't going to turn out to be nothing anyway. So that first step for that person, what is, you know what? What is it? A lot of negativity in our life, there's those small voices that speak like tent into you. You know, you grow up and you hear stuff that I wish you was never born or I should have aborted you when you had a chance. You don't have a good self-esteem about yourself. But then it's those people that spoke life to your third-grade teacher. You know, I have Mrs. Walker that, you know, poured life into me. And those little seeds is still growing on the inside of you. And and sometimes we, we focus on uh, the negative, but we don't really see the positive. And it's hard to even hear the positive when there's so much negative. But those things that um, there's little, still glimpse of hope. Um, you said how it's, it's really the person, each individual is different, and it's that determination. Like, is this the life that I really want? You know, I could have said, accepted it, say, I'm not, that when they said I'm never going to be a mountain anything, I could have accepted it, but it's going to be the fight in that person. I said, you have to start getting some, what, figure out what, what's one good quality about yourself. Find one good mm. word about yourself. Um, okay, you know, okay. You know, when I talked to a, a group of girls, I, teen, teen moms a couple, um, two days ago, I had an opportunity to go speak to a, a, a group of teen moms that's going back to school to get their GED. I had them pick out one word that they can stand on when it feel like everything is going to fall on the outside of me. What can I stand on? What's that one mm. positive word? that I can stand on and say, I can still do this. I can make it. Yes, it may look like this now, but it's not going to stay this way. I can do it. So find that one word, what, what one thing that you're good at, or one thing that, you know, other people say that you're good at. Believe the best about yourself because that comes with you first. But what's that one word that can give you hope in the midst of all the negativity? Ah, now see, thank you, thank you, D. Adrian. And you know, I'm just gonna pray the right people find this show and your message, even if they find it elsewhere, uh, not here but elsewhere. That is a great advice for, because sometimes when we've gotten further down on our spiritual journey, we we talk from a place where other people are not at yet, so they don't, they can't get it. You're too far away for them. They're like you. You're like 100 miles away from where I am. I don't understand what you're saying. But to say to somebody, and I think anybody could grasp that, what is one thing? You could even do that with a child. What is one thing about you that you know is good? What is one thing about you 
that, that you know is good. You could start right there with the person. Just just one thing. Start there, and then it may take you a while. Come up with a second thing, and just start to expand and focus on that instead of the negative stuff that people keep saying about you. I wanted to ask you this. Um, when I talk to people, I find that we are as humans so much alike. I've never met a person who doesn't worry. I met people who say they don't want to. They talk about the noise in your head, and you talked about that. Why is it? Why? Well, first I wanted to ask you, do you think, based on your experience, that we trust other people more than we trust ourselves and God? We trust if somebody says you're ugly, we're like, yep, they said it. (laughs) Do do you think we trust others more than we trust our own selves and God? And why do you think we do this? It's like a mystery. Because sometimes we're looking for approval. We're looking for somebody to... You say, okay, you're doing a good job, or you know what, you can do this. And we put too much stock in other people, which uh, uh, other people say. I just had this as my grown self at 43 was just had this experience <laughs> a couple uh, weeks ago that I went to somebody because um, I was excited about something, and they didn't see my vision, so they downplayed it. And it kind of bust my bubble. I lost my bubble, and I had to think about why did why did it affect me so much? I mean, I sat down for uh, two, about two because I was processing it. I said because I put too much stock in what they said. I said I teach people yeah. to, to stand up self and tell them that you know what um, this is your journey as person. Nobody got a right to tell you where you should be. But then I let this one person. I said, wait, hold on. Yeah. I didn't ask for your permission to live the yeah. life I was creating. And so sometimes when we're looking for those approvals instead of approving for ourselves, this is what God, I, and I had to tell her, I said, well, you know what, I'm going to do what God told me to do. Uh, so I had to realize, <laughs> talking what man is saying to me, instead of realizing this is my journey, it's personal. I get to save the life that I want to live. I get to go after my dreams and my vision on purpose for me. No one should have yes. a word over my life but me. But and, sometimes and we, I don't think, we want other people. But yes, sometimes we do we want other people's Because you talk about, like, childhood stuff. Because sometimes when you're growing up, you're seeking some parent approval that you never yes. got. It trickles yes. down to other people. And, yes. like, I just need somebody to approve me. I just need somebody. You approve yourself. You can do yes. that. You know, and um, Morty Lafco deals with that, the meanings that we give things in our childhood. He's crossed over, but his wife, Shelly, the, the Lafco Institute for our listeners, I think they have one free one you can do, but you can bust up some childhood beliefs and go free. I, we talked about pain, how that's in the brain. The brain sends mm-hmm. back a signal and tells you what something means. If it didn't send another signal, you wouldn't say, I have a pain in my knee. That they say the body really doesn't feel pain. That's real, that's coming from from our minds. So in the scriptures, Christ said you don't have to new. You don't need a new body. You have to renew your mind. Um, right. I want to ask you before we start talking about the power of me. How many single mothers? You just spoke to a group the other day. You said how many single mothers? And I raised my son. I mean, I was married and I got divorced. But how many single mothers do you think? make bad relationships solely, almost predominantly for this reason. They just don't want to be alone. Would you, if you, if you, how many people, is that the key driver to just look up with somebody? You know what, and most of the parents or people that I, including myself, you know, growing up, you just don't want to be alone. So you, you accept and you allow some things because you just don't want to be alone. But, you know, it's it's a mindset thing. You think you can't do it alone or you think you need somebody else to fulfill your goals. And like you said, that's too much the pressure to put on somebody. Um, the thing that they post to make you happy, no. This is your, your journey. It's up to you to make yourself happy. And a lot of people fall in that trap of I cannot be alone. I can't do this by myself. Yes, you can. You have more power on the inside of it than you think. 
But until you for yourself, no one else can say anything else about it. That I, I gotta tell you, 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 you gotta get the, you gotta get out there and and start talking because there are so many people who still do think if they're alone they've failed and like they can't live a good life until they hook up with somebody. That we're in 2017 and people still feel that way. Uh, Adrian, what is the inspiration behind your other book, The Power of Me? What inspired you to write The Power of Me? I realized that, you know, people always say, oh, guess what? You uh, Just to change, just change your thinking. And my thing was, okay, I've been trying to change my thinking for a long time. Help me. <laughs> Help me figure out how <laughs> So it, it wasn't just about your thinking. It's also what you see and what you believe and what you speak. So the power of me is a 31-day affirmation where I wrote 31 um, affirmations, then I leave space for you to write 31 affirmations. Then you have to answer questions about that 31. Then you have to put what picture do it look like for you because your journey is different from mine. So how would you going to make it play into your life? We have more power and worth than we think we do, but it's, it takes us being whole mind, mind, body, and soul to get to that point. And we just can't think differently. We got to speak and do differently, too. So this is more putting the hands to the plow. Okay, I just read it, and it's just thinking. Now, what do I think about it? Okay, now, what do I need to do to make it a reality in my life? Okay. What are some of the signs, Adrian, for those who want to start this journey? You know, the, the, the coming home we know in the prodigal son in the Bible he had to literally make a physical journey back home. I think ours is more of a, I do think it's more of a mind, but we do have to do, we're in a physical world, we do have to do physical things, but we just can't stay where we are and wait for magic to show up, whether, again, it's a soulmate or just some magical thing. you got to, like you said, put your hand to the plow. This takes some action. <laughs> this takes yeah. You can't just wait for something to poof in. This uh, Christopher Gardner who wrote the, Pursuit of happiness, he said the cavalry is not coming. You have got to do something. This is God gave us his power to, and you've got to start putting this your hand on the plow and making some choices and making some actions. But what are the signs I wanted to ask you to when the power of me? This can also guide our life. We can let the creator guide our lives, our own egos, mm-hmm. or we can also mm-hmm. let other people guide our lives. What are some of the mm-hmm. signs? that we're living under someone else's expectations. Our whole life goal is just to make this other person happy. You know, I I, I had a, a counseling session yesterday about this thing, and um, the young lady was down. She's like, I just don't feel like I measure up. Uh, every time somebody says mm. something, I said, hold on. I said, hold on. Who told you you should be further along? than you think that you should be. How do you know you're not supposed to be right where you are right now? Wow. So right to tell you where you should be or mm-hmm. where they think you should be doing in your life. What do you want? You have to learn to think for yourself. Who are you? We got to figure out who we are. When you start putting too much stock on other people and trying to measure up to other people, stuff and then put your yourself under these limitations based on what other people say. Maybe it's wow. okay to step back. Let me think for myself. Hold on. Um, something's not working out here. I'm doing what they said me do, telling me to do, but it's not working out. It's not working out because I don't know what you want to do. You have yes. to figure out what you want, who you are, and what you was created for, not what other people think you should be created for. What do you want? What's your passion? What's your dream? Wow. The Adrian, you got you got to get. You, I keep saying it. Your message is, and a lot of people have messages and they send them differently. But there's a there's a particular audience I can see for your message, and I don't think they're getting your message. They they hear they may be hearing things and they may not be, but yeah, you're gonna have to you have to, I, it, have to find a way to reach the people, and they're probably maybe in the millions. That you that need need the way you deliver the message they need uh, they need to hear it. 
What what can I'm working on? Oh, I, I want to ask you for our listeners. <laughs> I want to ask you for I'm our not, listeners. Okay. Excuse me. I said I'm trying I to, to get out there. Oh, you're trying you know, to get out there. Your voice is starting to crack up. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I'm trying to learn how to, um, you know, I've always been in a, on the background, but I'm learning to show up on purpose now. Okay. And so I, I, wanna, I am trying to be there, so if somebody wants me to come and speak, I will speak. You know, you know, I'm out there. They just got to contact me. Okay, and I hope you do do find that platform because your message uh, is is vital. Have you ever personally forgotten about yourself and lived under somebody else's expectations? So for our listeners, do you have personal experience with that and coming out of it, or is it just something you just read about? Oh no, in the book that single not alone, you got you don't get a whole bunch of stuff. You don't know me because um, God told me to be transparent. And I'm very transparent. I let people know where I came from. and But you know what? It was about me stepping up, too, uh, um, and say, what was my boundaries? And I let people get away with so much that I had to say, wait, hold on. I forgot about me. So, no, I'm going to to show up, not only fight for me, but show up and speak and say that, you know what, let me teach other people how to show up and speak for themselves. So many times it, we live on other people's expectations, and we put ourselves in these little boxes. But it's time to get out the box, baby. God got work for you to do. Mm. So what? What is it? You you gave us one great first step that I want to repeat earlier for those who might have been grown up grown up in an abusive childhood. There's a book for somebody who has. They might might help them to see they're not alone. It's called A Child Called It, and it's extreme uh, abuse in, in that book. But when you go through those types of situations, that first step I wanted to repeat you shared, find and name one good thing about yourself. Just just, just start there. So I think that was a great starting place. For somebody who's given them their power over to another person, thinking it would keep them safe, what is a first step they can do the the Adrian to start to regain their own power again. And what well, you know what we we're saying that it starts from the inside out, and um you, we said pick that one word, but it's it's gonna be really that person. Each each person is is different, and you can say that that one word, but so it may it may be it's your belief system. I I can't even express that. Enough, and realizing that you have power to say, "I can do this." I, I, what do I want? What do I deserve? It's about me. This is my journey. It's personal. What do I want? And start listening to some things, the things that you want. And if it's not lining up with where you at, you got some work to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. yes. That uh, the Circle Maker is a good book. I love that. Um, they say list the things that you want. List those things, you know, put it in a circle so you have a target to draw to. List those things. Like, what do I want? This is, I'm not happy where I'm at, but what do happy look like to me? Mm. Okay. What services, we're coming down to like the last six minutes of today's show, what services do you offer at Reinventing Yourself? What are some of the services that off-the-shelf listeners might be able to contact you to take advantage of at Reinventing Yourself? Right now, because I'm in the process of doing uh, online um, stuff, right now I'm just doing like one-on-one counseling, mentoring, or coaching. Um, or I have my group classes where we do for six weeks right now, and it's physical, like I said, so I do the online course um, where I go, it's a six-week, I go over the six stages of change with the person. And so that's pretty much right now, just the one-on-one and then the group counseling as of right now. But i in the midst of doing uh online version of the group, and it's going to be okay. the six-week class as well as a 12-week class. The six-week class, you can get the the six weeks the going on the change, but then the 12-week class is you're not only getting the six weeks of the classes, you get a one-on-one the next week to help you process what you have learned. Okay. 
Now, are you working on any new books, the Adrian? And if so, can you give give us some insight on what you're working on? You know what? We talk about those griefs and um, hurts and pains. So I, I had wrote a book. I'm just doing trying to do the I hurt too. And um, this is really about greeting with parents and children and helping them to connect. Because sometimes when, as parents, we go through things, but we forget that our kids hurt too. But, you know, you ask why Johnny is is um, showing out, because he feels like he forgot about. <laughs> you going through your stuff, but you forgot about me. I hurt too. So it's trying to get the parents to start thinking about, you know, I'm going through something, my kid going through something, how can we work out and do it together? Okay. How can we get home? So, and when when do you that when do you think you'll be finished? So that's I heard too for parents to remember their kids when the parents there's a sad or grieving uh, experience. Can I, is that going to be out like uh, next year, later this year? Oh, uh, you know what? I the my part as far as the writing is done. I'm actually waiting on the illustrator. <laughs> oh, I got you. To Okay. The word. Now we learn so much about ourselves while we're creating, whether we're writing or painting or sculpting. What have you learned about the Adrian since you wrote your first book? You know what? My my life is always a, a lesson, even today. I always say, take in you know, all I can. I'm a life learner. You know, and nothing can get you down to the part where you can't see the good even in the bad. So that's where I, I look at it writing. How can I see, even when the stuff is not going my way or people are negative, how can I turn that negativity into a positive experience? How can I use what I just learned as a stepping stone to keep me growing forward? Because we grow okay, through our process. Yes, yes. <laughs> even if it might be painful, just keep going. Where can all the um, shelf listeners get copies of your books there, Adrian? Get it from Amazon.com. Um, that's the only place I really have it as far and create space. I haven't really, like you said, like I've been busy, <laughs> and so I haven't really did Barnes and Noble stuff. But I need to get it in Barnes and Noble, and it's on the um, the single but not long is on ebook as well as hard copy. So um, so you can get both books on Amazon, or you can go to my website and order it, and I can ship it out if you want a signed copy. You have to pay for the shipping and everything, but you can still order off off my website. Okay. That's if you're on any social – if you want a signed copy, okay. If, you, if you're on a social network, can you tell our listeners uh, what social media sites you're on and how they can find you? My man is Adrian Pickett um, on Facebook, and you can find me as Adrian on Instagram and LinkedIn. And then on Twitter and Periscope, you can do at G-D-S-T-L-D-O. So it's an acronym for God Still Do. So it's um, G-D-S-T-L-D-O. T L D O and D Adrian is D apostrophe A D R I E W N E, but Instagram don't have the apostrophe in it. Okay, okay. Well, we we have been. I, I and she shared some good early steps. I do like the one. There is, you know, your beliefs come in, but that early early step uh, to think of one good thing about yourself. If, if if your mind is filled with negativity and you think no matter what you do, it doesn't really matter because your life's not going to amount to nothing anyway, think about one good thing about yourself. Just start focusing on that and keep stay on your journey and keep going forward. There are a lot of people who started way off the tracks and they're in a marvelous place. So just, just keep going. I encourage all our off-the-shelf listeners and encourage somebody that you know might need to be encouraged. Don't tell them what to do. We hate being told what to do as humans. We hate that. Right. So just, just, just you can just, you can just encourage somebody, but don't tell uh, somebody what to do. We, we want to thank the Adrian Pickett for being here with us. She's the founder of Reinventing Yourself Consultation in My Life Matters, and she's a coach, mentor, and counselor. And she's also the author of the book 
uh, single but but not alone, and that's one of her books. She's working on uh, a, a book about parents and, and grieving, and she also is the author of The Power of Me, which is more of a interactive uh, work Work, well, you have to work your way uh, through that book. You can find her out online at riyconsultation.com, R-I-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-A-T-I-O-N, and we want to thank her for being here with us today and for the great work she's doing, and I'm prayerful that she connects with, with her audience, the people she's supposed to be giving her message to to help help. help set them free. Uh, and then also to our listeners, we want to thank all of you for tuning in, and we encourage you to come back next Saturday. Remember, just make a note, 11 a.m. in the mornings, Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time, if you're tuning in from another country, New York City Time, 11 a.m. Saturday mornings, set your dial to Off the Shelf Radio, where we have we will continue to bring you some awesome, awesome guests. Again, thank you to our special guest, Adrian Pickett, please go out and get a copy of her book, Single But Not Alone. It's not just about people in relationships, but Single But Not Alone has to do with your own personal life journey as well. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Remember, you are awesome. You're amazing. You are incredible. And I hope one day you accept that as the truth that it is. Go out and create a marvelous day for yourself. Adrian, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.